Hi, I'm the Moroccan Angel, and I'm here to help others set things right with their Maker. Hi, this is Mika. We're going to be discussing the question, is it a sin for a woman to preach? Now, there are a number of Christians who believe that it is a sin for women to preach the gospel or stand in a position as a pastor over the church or a leader. There are also a number of Christians who believe that women do have the uh, permission or the ability to or the authority, I should say, to stand in positions of leadership over the Christian community. Now, this is just one of the thousands of conflicts within the Christian faith. According to statistics, there are 30,000 different Christian sects. <laughs> I'm sorry, but every time I say that, that just totally astounds me. But each of these sects are interpreting the scriptures in the way that best suits their lifestyle. And what is an interpretation? It's someone's personal explanation of a particular passage or event. Now, many things alter this perception, including experiences, age, mental state, biases, and so forth. I've even been told that you can basically interpret the Bible any way you like. And apparently the Christian community has certainly taken the undue liberties to do so. With thousands of various interpretations in different translations of the Bible. And here's the thing. Every single one of them believe that they are inspired by the one Holy Spirit of Jesus. And the conflict begins as they accuse each other of false doctrine. So the bigger concern is, if Jesus is the one communicating to these individuals specific truths, or specifically of what he taught within the scriptures, who's causing the confusion? <laughs> Every single one of them claim that they have his spirit. And when we read through the scriptures, there's a scripture that actually says that God is not the author of confusion. So there is a big problem that the Christian community needs to settle. In John 14 and 26, it states that the Holy Spirit will teach the things that Jesus said in the scriptures, and he will teach the true believer all things and bring all things to their remembrance. In John 16 and 13, it says that Jesus said that his spirit will guide his true disciples into all truth, not confusion. So what's going on? <laughs> Some say, well, it's a process. No, it's not. 1 Corinthians 2.16, Galatians 3 and 27 states that those who have put on Christ by the true indwelling of his spirit have put on the very mind of Christ. Those who truly, biblically have the true indwelling of Christ's Spirit are one with Him and His Father, as described in John 17 and 21. They're one with Him. They have His mind, meaning 
They know exactly what he's thinking and what he commanded. They're one. And so you presume to tell me that you're claiming to be a Christian five, ten, fifteen, fifty years and still deceived and the truths of the scripture are still hidden from you? His mind is still hidden from you? Hmm. Well, there was only one Jesus, and I'll tell you. You know, this is a fact. <laughs> he had his own interpretation. <laughs> and it's written in the New Testament. Plain and simple enough for the educated, even at the most elementary level. The other 29,999 are alternate interpretations. So let's take it to the scriptures. Let's examine exactly what's written. No personal interpretations. A woman ought not to teach the gospel and she should be quiet. Well, where did this order come from? Did it come from Jesus? Hmm. Let's examine the scriptures and see for ourselves. Not what we want to see or not as we want it to be but as it is written. Open your Bibles with me. I am reading from the King James Version. It is my preference, please. And so as you study with me, I prefer this. We will, of course, examine the original Greek as well. So let's begin. We're going to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to be reading from verse, verses 11 through 15. And it reads, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Hmm. The original Greek word for subjection is hupatage, and that's found in the Strong's G5292, and it means specifically subordination. This word is selectively used within the scriptures when speaking of subjection to the gospel of Christ in 2 Corinthians 9 and 13. And a pastor or leader of the Christian faith having his children in subjection in 1 Timothy 3 and 4, as is the order of the leaders. Now in the English language, subordination means belonging to a lower or inferior class or rank. Secondary, subject to the authority or control of another. The writer clearly states that the woman is to learn in silence with all subjection. Did you hear me? With all subjection. Subjection is the state of submitting oneself to authority or forced submission to the control by others. To make submissive or subservient it is a form of enslavement or subjugation. The specific words are with all subjection or subordination. Hupatage. So who's writing this? 
the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy concerning matters of the church order. While it is documented that Paul wrote this, we must take it a step further. In Galatians 2 and 20, Romans 8 and 10, and 2 Corinthians 11 10, the Apostle Paul claims to have the Spirit of Christ dwelling within him, that Christ, or Jesus, is speaking through him and directing him. So technically, he is handing down a direct order from his master, Jesus. In verse 12, he stated adamantly, I do not permit. Now, I really want you to catch this, okay? Paul is saying that Christ lives through him. He is speaking through him. This is a, a very serious thing that is being communicated. In verse 12, we're, we're back at um, 1 Timothy chapter 2. And we're looking at verse 12. He stated, I do not permit, it is not permitted. The original Greek word for permit is epitrepal. And that's in Strong's 2010, G2010. Meaning, it is not allowed. It is not allowed. I do not permit. It is not allowed within the Christian community, under the Christian umbrella, in any aspect, for a woman to teach. I do not permit a woman to teach. To teach what? To teach the gospel, the words of Christ. Neither is she allowed to usurp authority over the man. Usurp. Althina Teo. Strong's G831. Meaning to dominate. I do not permit. She is not allowed to dominate, to control, to govern, to exert a guiding influence over, or to be in a commanding controlling position, Alphenateo. This is the original Greek word and its meaning. The American Heritage Dictionary defines it as to be situated in a position that is more elevated or decidedly superior to others. The Apostle Paul is giving a direct command or more scripturally aligned Jesus is giving a direct command through Paul, be quiet, with all subjugation or subordination. It is not permitted or allowed for a woman to teach in the church or to be head over the church, especially not with men. No teaching Bible study. Learn in silence with all subordination. Why? What reasons are being given for this, for those who need one? In verse 13 he says, there are two. The first one is, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, 
It's a matter of superiority. When noting the word hupotege, it explicitly speaks of the woman's inferior position, subjection, or subject to the authority and control of the man. This is crystal clear because he was created first. The second reason, Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. The woman being deceived committed the sin. Hmm. Let's take a look at this for a moment. Exapataho is the original Greek word for deceived. Strong's G1818. And it means to beguile, to deceive by charm, to influence by slyness. Exapataho. Now carefully consider this. One of the reasons Paul stated by the Spirit of Jesus, mind you, that a woman cannot teach or govern over the church is because Adam was not deceived and thereby did not commit the transgression. It was Eve. Because he wasn't deceived, he was not in the transgression. He is clearly stating here that Adam is not the one who committed sin. He's not the guilty one here. It's the woman she was in the transgression and thereby should not even be allowed to speak. Learn in silence with all subjection. And he reiterates this in the following verse. Be in silence. What's he saying exactly? To imply that Adam was not deceived actually implicates a worse crime. To sin willfully against the Creator. Turn to Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 6. And it states, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her. <clears throat> Wait. And gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. He was right there. Goodness. <laughs> he was right there. It is stated in the scriptures that Adam stood with her the entire time the serpent spoke with Eve. If he was not of the same mind as Eve, he would not have eaten it. But he did. So we have to ask ourselves, what is sin? According to 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, Sin is the transgression or the breaking of the Creator's laws. However, while this is correct, there's a bit more to it. Sin, the unforgivable kind, because you know there's an unforgivable kind of sin or disobedience that the God of Israel said he would not pardon. It's a disobedience with awareness. For the God of Israel has declared in the original testament that he will not pardon such a kind. The Apostle Paul is indeed making some serious implications. All right, let's examine this further. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, <clears throat> let's go there. It states, As by one man... Sin entered into the world, and death by sin. 
and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. I'm going to read that again. As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 21 through 22 is where we will be reading from. For since by man, Adam, came death, by man, Jesus, came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Paul is specifically noting in these passages that by Adam sin entered into the world. But we we <laughs> we just read where Paul stated the reason why one of the reasons why women should be quiet in the church or any gathering of Christians is because Adam was not deceived. He was not in the transgression. He was not in the sin. But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. And and yet, we just read two scriptures where Paul is speaking to someone else, another group, and he's stating that Adam did sin. That it's because of Adam that sin came into the world and death. This is shady. Do you see this in simplicity? Paul is saying on the one hand, Adam did not sin, but the woman did, to enforce subjugation. But on the other hand, he's saying to another group, hey, Adam is the one who brought sin and death into the world. It was by him. And you wonder why there's mass confusion in the Christian church. Well, those are the two reasons given to justify why women, Christian women, cannot and are not allowed to teach or govern the Christian community. Paul reiterates and confirms this in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 34 through 37. He states, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. It is not allowed. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. And if any man think in verse 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord Jesus. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. <laughs> Indeed. I already know there are women who don't like this, professing to be a Christian, and you don't like it. Well, you always have the option of finding another religion. You can choose from 30,000 <laughs> within the Christian faith, of course. If you are a professing Christian woman, 
hear carefully what the Apostle Paul is saying to you, as he states very clearly that this is Jesus talking, giving him this divine command. Do not open your mouth in the church. What is the church? It's wherever Christians meet or assemble to learn the teachings of Jesus, the congregation, the Christian community of members, including Bible study groups. Did you hear what he said? That it is a shame for women to speak in the church. The original Greek word for speak is laleo, Strong's G2980, meaning to utter a voice or emit a sound, to use the tongue. Hmm, this is shockingly clear. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> and yet, the professing Christian men have permitted against the will of their master, Jesus, because Paul states clearly this is Jesus speaking here. The Christian men or pastors and leaders, are blatantly going against what was spoken to put women in positions as deacons, elders, assistant pastors, and the like. They sing in the choir, and they speak giving testimony in the church and leading Bible study groups, saying, I'd like to first give honor to Jesus, my Lord and Savior, while in the very act of disobeying a direct simple command. Be quiet in the church and a, in a Christian gathering. Utter not a sound, for to do so is a shame and an act of disobedience to the one you claim to serve. The original Greek word for shame, I want you to hear me. The original Greek word for shame is ice cross. Strong's G150. And the explicit meaning of this word, and it may have been sugarcoated by certain pastors and leaders because it's a bit harsh, it means filthy. And then you can add baseness, dishonor, despicable, or worthless. But its first direct meaning is filthy. So what he's saying is that it's, it's, <laughs> oh my gosh, what he's saying is it is filthy for a woman to speak in the Christian community concerning the teachings of Jesus. You can't tell me that's not hard to hear. And for those men who adhered to this command, offended women went out and started their own church. They created their own platform to teach and guide the unlearned or disobedient Christians, if you will, who quote-unquote don't agree with this command of Christ. Basically usurping authority over the man, taking dominance without legal authority, legal biblical authority, they're seizing another's place, or they're taking over or occupying without biblical right. This isn't your show. 
<laughs> They're saying, oh, Jesus led me to start a church. No, he didn't. Jesus said specifically that according to the scriptures, that it is filthy for a woman to stand up in the Christian community or sit down and speak or to utter a sound. You didn't create Christianity. He did. Jesus lays down the rules. This is a matter of disrespecting or respecting authority. I cannot tell you how many Christian women or quote-unquote Christian women are without discipline over their mouths. Boisterous and unrestrained, rude and lacking kindness, saying they love you but vicious serpents and rotten at the core. Why would they be subject to a man full of pride and heady and high-minded women pretending to be humble, pretending to be full of love, when it's always exposed? But Paul stated clearly, more accurately, Jesus said, Be quiet with all subjugation. And how many women do you see screaming in the church, shouting in the church, <laughs> shouting in disobedience to a direct command? And it's become natural and common to do so, so much so that to direct otherwise would seem preposterous. Can you imagine? Let us go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 18 through 19. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. The obedience to Jesus' commandments is a revelation of those who truly have his spirit. This is the evidence of those who truly have his spirit. It will be made known. And so is it a sin. Is it a transgression for a woman to preach? Well, according to Jesus, a simple yes. If you have even a third grade education, this is obvious and easy to understand. No woman is to utter a sound amidst Christian gatherings or meetings. Jesus himself forbids it. And just because you're a pastor's wife, that doesn't excuse it either. You're basically bringing shame on your husband to open your mouth in the church. It's written in black and white. It's a shame. It's filthy. Even if your father, think about these major church leaders who have their daughters preaching on stage, who have their wives preaching on stage, their sisters preaching on stage. When this is written in black and white, that to have a woman, like this is black and white. This isn't something to be interpreted. And those who reject this command shall be rejected by Jesus, as it clearly states in Matthew chapter 7 and in 1 Corinthians. This is very clear. And it is a direct, blatant, 
open, unashamed, disobedient act to Jesus' command. Of course, if you're doing this, you're going to either be defensive and make an attempt to justify your behavior, or you will surrender. But the book states that Jesus gave this command. You are sinning against Jesus. Hmm. But is it a sin before the Eternal One, the God of Israel? And some of you are thinking at this moment, well, of course it is. For those of you who do not know, Jesus is not the Eternal One. Let's revisit something. Sin is the transgression of the established laws given by the God of Israel. There is nothing in the law, as far as what has been revealed in the original testament, that it is unlawful for a woman to speak or utter a sound at sacred gatherings. For example, in the book of Judges, there was a prophetess named Deborah, and she was a female judge. And although it is not a pastoral or priestly position, it was a position appointed over men. There are two references in the original testament where Deborah and Moses' sister Miriam sang in the midst of the congregation about the God of Israel. Not about Jesus. Jesus would have told them to be quiet. Now this is a notable difference between these two beings that should not be ignored. For those of you who have made the effort to reach out to me and say, Mika, why are you teaching? See? See? <laughs> Shush. <laughs> I'm not a Christian. I'm a servant of the God of Israel. It's completely different. I do not worship the man which he created. I worship the one who created Jesus. There are a number of Christians that have decided to become so in order to be accepted by the God of Israel without realizing that they are doing the very things he hates. I bring truth and understanding to those who seek the heart of the God of Israel, but have fallen prey to the deceptions of the religions of man. The teachings I present are clear and simple, without biases and personal opinions. They are direct facts from the scriptures. And the fact that we are facing right now, or the fact that we are looking at right now, is that Jesus gave the command that a woman should not speak or make a sound amidst Christian gatherings because it's filthy and it's dishonorable. But the God of Israel never gave such a command. This is major. You must consider this. I'm showing you one of the many distinct differences being made, evidenced through the scriptures, that the God of Israel and Jesus are not the same being. They are not quote-unquote one. One means agreement. You can't have documentation of one individual demanding one thing and the other individual demanding something completely opposite 
and then say they agree. This is nonsense. The reason behind the creation of Christianity was to provide a way to be accepted by who? The God of Israel. The God of Israel never said that it is filthy or shameful for his maidservants to speak or sing to him or about him in the presence of others who honor him. However, according to the Apostle Paul, directly from the New Testament scriptures, Jesus said it is filthy and shameful and a woman should not utter a sound among the congregation of believers. There are multiple accounts of women singing in the presence of the congregation of those who worship and honor the Creator. Um, there are multiple accounts of singing men and singing women together in a congregation, worshiping the Creator. In Exodus 15 and 21, in Numbers 21 and 17, in Judges 5 and 1, Ezra 2 and 65, 1 Chronicles chapter 25, verses 5 through 7. This should be, to say the least, highly disturbing. Because we've gone over the scheduled time, is it a sin for women to preach against the God of Israel? No. An offense against the direct command of Jesus for the Christian woman? Absolute yes. This is the Moroccan angel. Remember, do what is right, always. It matters.